I'm excited to, to have Billy come and bring the word this morning. He's going to be in the book of Mark. Thank you, Billy. You're welcome. We love you, man. You got your, is it on? Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You guys give your full attention to Billy. We appreciate him so, so much. This thing might be a little high, but it'll go. With that introduction, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> it, it's only, it can only go downhill from here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I got a little puff and puff. Okay. I'll get right here in a minute. Okay. Michael says he can fix everything. I don't even have to speak or do anything right. But no, my uh, I got I got a pastor here that can fix everything. That's why we love this man. He can fix everything, and so he can even tell me how to be fixed if I need to be. Hey, maybe that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today about getting fixed and what we need to do. And uh, and and I'm quite a, an authority on one who needs to be fixed. Yeah, I got fixed a lot through the years. And uh, and after Michael's message last week, you know, when when he was talking about, you know, don't don't keep those children from coming up here and let me bless them, he said, in fact, if you don't come to me as these little children come, then you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Be like these children. And then he would bring them up and let him come around and he'd lay hands on him. He'd bless him. Sometimes we got a better plan. I've had better plans through the years. And, and, and maybe I will tell you a little bit about better plans. But first, I'm going to read the scripture this morning. Coming from Mark chapter 10, 17 through 27. And... So that meat is something that you can consume as we go through the message. Because I want to start there so you can be letting that soak in the whole time. Because everything else is the fluff around it. The meat is the Word of God. And we can grow off that meat. And that's where we're going to get our strength from. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom 
of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. But Lord, I pray that you would take your word and just grind it into our hearts that we might truly, after this, this, this time of, of, of a meeting, that we would leave knowing that we had been in the house of God that we had heard your word and it changed our lives. May no one leave today sad with their head hanging down because they didn't want to give up what God wanted them to. I ask and I pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Folks, I'm going to spend a little bit of time today giving a little testimony of who I am where I came from, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little bit of, I got a little bit of away from the puff. You can give me some if I need something, but anyway, now it's not puffing. It was aggravating me. I am, uh, I was raised in a what they what some people would call a Christian home because we went to church, and we were we were good Methodist. I was in the youth group there. Let me just tell you, you go to church for the wrong reasons, you can learn a whole lot of stuff in church. And and uh, it and it doesn't go good for you sometimes. And and so as I progressed through life and went through high school, I was always one that liked I still like I like adventures. Too much. I like too much. I got I'm too old to I still like to go on adventures. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. I want to go on an adventure every once in a while. I can't help myself. And and it gets me in trouble a little bit every once in a while now. But back in the day, it got me in big trouble, you know. Let me just tell you, when I was in high school, I was a little bitty feller. I, I've told some of you that. I, I wrestled at a 132-pound weight class. I played offensive guard and middle guard on defense sometimes. And linebacker. I was a little bitty feller. I would beef up to about 138, 140 come football season. For wrestling, I'd drop back down. And so, that means I like to hit people. That was an adventure to me. If you can take somebody down and you're a little feller, you can frustrate an all-conference defensive lineman by cutting his legs out from under him when he's trying to come through the line. And, and he was beating the ground and yelling, and he wants to bite you. Oh, that's what you want. Because that little bitty feller, he just took you down. Big adventure. It hurts sometimes, but I love to hit people. Well, I had, I had a pretty girlfriend, Miss Davidson County. Pretty girlfriend. I was special. 
I really didn't think that highly of myself. I just liked the big adventures in life. And and the thing is that they were, I was not the most popular kid in school. Not, not anywhere close. There were a lot, in fact, my homeroom class, because I identified better with the regular folks in there, there was a homecoming dance and there's a homecoming court. Every homeroom has two representatives, a boy and a girl. And they were supposed to be, you know, the the top of that homeroom. Well, me and old Stan Coons. Now Stan Coons was I forget what his office was in the in the student council type stuff, but he was he was up there. He had, I don't think he was president, but he was vice president or treasurer one or secretary something. He was up there, and he was popular. He was popular, and he was in the popular group. Barbara Knight, she was also a cheerleader. She was popular. Thought she was really cool, and they were. But I got voted in to represent my my homeroom class because, see, not everybody was up here because most of the people were a little bit lower. Did you know that they had a reboat? The teacher couldn't believe it. Had a reboat. Well, that can't be. I won again. I think I won more then. More and more. What I'm saying is that sometimes I just went through life wide open, made decisions after I got in the midst of the storm. And and tried and tried to get out of it. That's why my girlfriend got pregnant, and that was after right after I graduated. We got married because you know back in the day you had to get married. I was not a wise person or anything like that. And there's another challenge: <laughs> getting married at what eight, eight, nineteen years old, and and. Uh, and thinking that I can do it. Well, I found out my my wife didn't like me that much. My little girl loves me still. My little angel. She's 51 now. <laughs> she's not a little girl anymore, but she's still my little girl. But before I was 20 years old, I'd gone through a marriage and I was divorced. And, and I didn't know what happened in my little world. I had it all figured out at one time, and, and it, it didn't turn out anything like that. Let me just tell you, a divorce in your life beats you down like nothing else. I'm talking about in the church, in your community. So I had to live up to some things. So what did I do? I started racing motorcycles. Yeah, another adventure. I can do something here, and I and I raced good, and and I knew what it was like. I I had a good plan. I always had a good plan racing motorcycles. You go faster than everybody else, and no matter what. And it, I wasn't a great motorcycle rider, but I didn't care. See, I was beat down. I didn't care if I wrecked and got hurt. I didn't think about dying or anything like that. It was going very fast. First turn, first turn. You always got a plan. Go back, get there before everybody else. If you don't, you're going to slam into somebody. And then, and, and 
One race down in Asheboro, North Carolina, had a long straightaway. At the end of that straightaway, there was a tight turn with a berm. Does anybody know what a berm is? It's where the outside of the turn is turned up and almost rolled over. If you can stick that front wheel in there, that motorcycle will stick in there. If you're willing to lay it in there and keep on the throttle, it comes out really good. So I practiced. I wanted to have all the stuff. All I did was practice because my Can-Am was fast off the line. I could, I could be there. Good plan, right? And I, I lightened my motorcycle up as much as I could. Ran not too much gas in it so I could be lighter. Let me just tell you, here's the race. I take off number one. Flying down through there, get to that berm turn, throw it in there. I don't do it as well as some of the other guys that have been racing down there every week, week in and week out. But I was doing pretty good until somebody tried to come into me. I took him out. I took his front wheel out from under him. Yes! See, that was, that was cool. That's not good now, but that's, that was cool back then. Let me just tell you, the whole pile of people piled up back there behind me. Now, I'm way ahead. I have got this right. All I got to do is run steady and keep it going. So, did I tell you, I, I didn't put much gas in there. <laughs> and, and I'm going down, and I'm leading the pack by a long ways. And my motorcycle starts sputtering. Now, I didn't know. Now, let me just tell you. On a motorcycle, you got a reserve tank. I had a good plan. That's I was running it on reserve tank. I should have had plenty of fuel because I had a good plan. Because, see, I just go into stuff sometimes, not thinking ahead. James, what do we do now? We have a good plan now. See, it changed my life. But let me just tell you, I came in. Oh, I pushed my motorcycle off the track as everybody went past me. I got comments. People were saying things, and they would go past me, you know. They were, they were buying upstanding things, too. <laughs> Way to go, good buddy. <laughs> and so, uh, but the best laid plans don't always work out like you think they should. You think that you got something, and you don't. And so my whole life was like that. I learned to do something stupid and get beat down for it. Alcohol was a good escape sometimes. You know, you can get a, drink a little alcohol and it makes everything okay for a short period of time. And, and, but it got me in so much trouble because I didn't have a well-thought-out plan. I have an instant plan. This will make me feel good now. So, you know, but that's how my life was going always thinking I had a pretty good plan. When it fell apart, I went on to my next good plan. And, and so my brother, he started going to church. I'm talking about a Bible-believing, preaching, crazy place, you know, where they talk about Jesus all the time. And it's crazy, though. I came in, I said, well, if you go, I'm going to go. Because I've got experience now. I'm, I'm young, but I've been through a, I've been worked up a lot of miles on this old body. So I can, I can help them. 
I can help those Christian kids get through things. I can do things because I know the right answers, what not to do. And so, now let me just tell you, God kind of laughs at those kind of plans. He's probably been laughed at me a lot in my years. I, I think he shed some tears too. But I went in there, and doggone it, if God didn't come into my life, change my life, save me, and all those good plans and all that big help I was going to have, he got tossed out the window. He didn't count no more. Because all that mattered now is that I received Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you, He changed my life. Every portion of my life was changed. I had a foul mouth. Didn't have a foul mouth anymore. You won't hear me cussing. If you do, maybe, I don't know, maybe in a, I don't even like to do it in a joke or something. But, you won't hear me. Nothing foul coming out of my mouth. It's just not going to happen. I don't have to do that anymore to have fun. I, I won't drink any alcohol. I don't need it. I don't need it anymore. I'm high on Jesus. And if I want to talk about Him, I want to praise God. And if I still want adventures, I can still have adventures. But I, I am praying that God will go before me. And, I, and, and no matter what happens, God is, goes before me. And even if I'm about dying in a kayak and whatever, you know, I said, God, God before me, though, He took care of me even through those things, and I learned lessons. Now, let me just tell you, I tell you all that stuff because somebody in here doesn't know Jesus or know, might have a hint of who He is, but let me just tell you, God, what's the, what's the title of this whole thing? Uh, 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 uh. Oh, yeah, but with God, all things are possible with God, yes. In your life, there's things that you can't change and you can't fix, but with God, all things are possible. So let's go back to the text now. Let's go back to the text. It said, as, as Jesus walked away, now this is right after he had that ex exchange with the kids and all this stuff, and, and so he's walking away. He turned, walking away. Well, man comes running up to him. Falls on his knees. Falls on his knees before Jesus Christ. And he called him a good teacher. Now, see, I'm trying to figure out because I like to figure out people's emotions and feelings and why they're doing what they're doing and here's this man he is a hard case to figure because you can look at it a couple different ways you say well the rest of it says he's a little arrogant because he thinks he's arrived because he had a good plan and it was all working out great for him different places expose this man as a ruler a leader a rich and he's young. He was probably the popular kid at school. He probably got voted onto the homecoming court to represent their class. He had to go with Miss Barney and she would teach how to dance. Bless her heart. But anyway, 
I still don't dance that good. But it, that's not got anything to do with what's going on here. So here's this rich young man. You would think he had arrived. He would, he would walk into a church even like this. And, of course, he would be escorted up to the front. Because, see, the temple, they wanted him to be close. He had money. He must be a godly man because God has blessed him. He's got it all. Look at him. He's the perfect example of a God-fearing man. Oh, and he was a good man. Did you? Did, I didn't say that. He's a good man. You know, because what's the th next thing that happened here? Jesus had to explain. He says, well, there's none good except for God. And you and, and called me good. Oh, that must mean I'm God. <laughs> That's the way I see it. You know, he was prophesying a little bit, saying, I'm, well, I'm God. And, and he was. This man was calling him a, a good teacher. He was a good teacher, but he was God. He was a good man, but he was God. So this man wants to know how to get to heaven, how, how, to, have, how to inherit eternal life. I got it all together, but how do I get that eternal life? And so, what happened here? He said, well, you know the commandments. Don't, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, I declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. See, it's the right answer. If he was in Sunday school class, he'd raise his hand. I've been doing that all along. He'd have all the right answers. Had all the right answers. What happens then? When you think you can tell everybody everything and you got all this information, you're going to help everybody in the world, and you think that you've got the right plan, the right answer, then God comes into your life and says, Whoa! Whoa! Sounds like you got it all together. But he don't say, whoa, mean. He says, whoa. And it says that Jesus looked at him and he said, and he loved him. He loved him. God, Jesus, God, Jesus loves you. And right before he throws that zinger in there, he loved you and knows what this is what you really need. This is what I really need. I need something to change in my life. Because Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Huh. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Okay. No problem. Let me see. Let's just say I'm Jesus just for a second. I'm a Jesus lover, but I'm not really Jesus. But let's play like I am. Michael, go sell all you got and give to the poor. Hmm. Duncan, go sell all that junk you got. 
all those tools. Sell every one of them. And I'm poor. No. <laughs> and give it to the poor. Now, Jesus did not say give all to the poor. I want you to hear that. I looked and there's, this is repeat. The story is in three different Gospels. Every one of them say the same thing. It does not say give all to the poor. It says just give to the poor. See, this man had a problem giving. He had a problem wanting more money. He had problem with money and wealth and power. Because and here's Jesus saying, huh, sell all that you have and give to the poor. I don't think this man, he might give a little bit to the poor every once in a while to make it look good. But he wasn't helping anybody. It was about helping himself. That was his problem. When I read this, I don't look at me having a great amount of wealth and God talks to me about other things that I have problems with because I have problems with other things that I don't want to give up because God calls me to give up and I struggle giving up. This man hung his head. He hung his head and he walked away and he was sad because he had great wealth. What was he giving up? He was not going to give up the wealth and he was not going to follow Jesus. Where's his plan? He had a good plan up until that second in his life. He had it all worked out. But all of a sudden, he don't have the good plan anymore. Jesus has put his thumb right on what he needed to do. Is there anything wrong with being rich? No. Is, is there anything wrong with a lot of things in this world that God has put his thumb on? No. Except maybe in your life, it's a problem. You put that first. That is your God. And you put that above anything else. Every one of us have had or has that problem. Every one of us has something that they don't want to let go of. It's called the old life. We're new creatures. We become new creatures in Jesus Christ. We have got to be willing to surrender and giving up the garbage. I don't know what the garbage looks like in your life. I don't know. Maybe I do. <laughs> My wife can tell you what my garbage is maybe but I'm just saying the response to that walk away was Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God how hard it is how hard it is and I still believe that to this day the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is, it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. This eye of a needle, the camel, it's said that its gait in the wall 
where the camels had to get down on their knees and crawl through. I might just believe that it's a needle, a sewing needle, where it has a little bitty eye. Camel can't go through there. It don't it can't it just can't do it. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. With this in mind, this is a simple story because it addresses something that each one of us have done at some time in their life. We just said no to God. We just said, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to do that. I don't care what it costs. The Bible says don't lie, cheat, steal, and, and the Ten Commandments and all these other things. It says that. But we've got little things in our life that we don't want to give up. Don't commit adultery. That means having sex out of marriage. Don't drink don't drink until you're drunk. Hard one for some of us. Don't use profanity to express yourself. It's hard. I don't want to give that up. Especially when I get with my friends. Don't lust over a pretty woman. Men. Now I think it's a hard thing for women now too. There's things in our lives that we're not willing to give up. But when we don't want to give it up, then it keeps us from having God's best. Because we're choosing our own way. This is what I want to do. This is what I have to do. This is what I, I think I can, it's okay. I, there's, there's a gray area in here where I can live. It's not black and white. I think I can be okay right here and I'm still not going to lose my salvation. I'm still not going to, I still have a relationship with God and, and it gets all warped up because we get things, we have the perfect plan in our lives and Jesus Christ comes in and puts his thumb on something and we say no. Let me just tell you, when you say no, you a lot of you have hung your head down and walked away. Because I've hung my head down and walked away before. Because I don't want to give it up. Do I always say, I want God's best? I want the God's very best in my life. Just give up this. That's all, that's all it's going to cost you. Just give it up. Because Jesus would say, come, hey, come on, follow me. Come on, follow me. I say every, to everyone in this room right here that there's something in your life that you need to give up and that you need to just follow Jesus. Not a little bit, not halfway, but wholeheartedly. Oh, more and more, David. More and more. Love Him more and more. Follow Him closer and closer. Everything in your life 
can change. It evolves. It, there, it talks about being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Being like Jesus. We excuse ourselves. We excuse ourselves all the time. Well, i got sin in my life. Oh, I'm, 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 or what are you going to do about it? Well, i got sin in my life. It's okay. i got a little sin. No, it's not okay. When God says don't do it anymore, it means don't do it anymore. Don't be afraid to read the, the Bible right here. Because by golly, something in there is going to say don't do that anymore. Read the Bible. God, teach me your ways. May I be more and more and more like you. Because if you don't, you walk away. You walk away with your head hanging down. That's if something's going on in your life. See, let me just tell you. There's not a sin too big that God can't forgive. There's not one person in here that God does not want you to follow Him. You do that through the name of Jesus Christ, the one who died for your sin. I'm a, I think I'm going to turn over to John 3.16 and not just read that, the, that last part. I, I really think that would be appropriate right now. And, yeah, starting... For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Because He has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be shown, be seen plenty, plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Some of you are scared to death of the light because it will expose you for who you are. Maybe the world maybe your wife, maybe your husband, maybe one of your parents might find out. Because see, it was done in darkness. You don't want people to know that drunk. We hide it. We don't like God sometimes because He exposes those things that we should not have in our life. Whoa. Because we love darkness more than we love the light. Sometimes we just need to look at reality in our lives. What does reality say? Love the light. Reality says, I like darkness. 
I like to hide. I like to cover up. I like to tell somebody something that makes them happy, but it's not the truth. We all live here. The question is, what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? God's got a better way. See, when He made you, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made for His purpose. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was the sacrifice so that those sins would be forgiven so that you could follow Jesus. Not that so you could continue to sin, but so that you could follow Jesus wholeheartedly. He sent the Spirit of God can live within you and direct your path and teach you and show you. But you have to be willing to surrender your life. Nobody wants to give up. You ever watch any of these police shows? Bad guys? They don't. They run sometimes. They run and run and run. And when they get caught, why are you chasing me? They don't want to admit that they did wrong. And they don't want to surrender. They want to keep on doing what they've been doing. They don't want to surrender. What does it cost? It costs you everything. It costs you everything. It, it costs you everything. It costs you the glory of God. The joy of the Lord. Why am I so beat up and sad and everything all the time? Because you don't have the joy of the Lord. You have something be think, uh, that you think is better. You don't have nothing better. There's nothing that you have that is better than God's best. Nothing is better than God's best. Let me just tell you, there's things that you can't give up. There's things that you can't do. Because with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Maybe this is the day that you can repent. Maybe this is the day where you don't have to walk away sorrowful. Maybe this is the day we can rejoice together in Jesus Christ because we want to surrender all to Him. Get rid of the junk. Don't carry the junk around. Let me just tell you. Remember that race I was in? And I ran out of gas because I was wanting everything to be lighter. I got rid of the wrong stuff. A man who carries around a big backpack on his back cannot run nearly as fast as the man that has dropped everything. And when you're in a race, and let me just tell you, you're in a race. You need to drop that garbage off the back. And God has made a way through His Son, Jesus Christ. God does not want to beat you up. He does not want to use a stick on you. He does not want to condemn you. He doesn't want you conquered. He doesn't want any of that stuff for you. He wants His best. He wants to rescue 
you. He wants what's best for you. He wants to throw the life preserver out because there is a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof is destruction. But Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No matter what you think, that's the way it is. Jesus Christ is the answer for everything. So what are we talking about today? We're not stuck on the man. I think that man came back to Jesus. I think he followed Jesus. I think he sold all that he had. And I think that, I think that he gave to the poor. And I think that he followed Jesus. And I think that that was what happened. Because when he walked away, I think he realized that he can't do it. But God can do it. And I think God moved into that life and it changed His life just like He can change your life no matter what you are, where you are and no matter what you are or no matter what you think you've done that's so bad that God can't forgive it. You've got to go for the best. When you raise kids, you want the best for them. If you're a Christian, you want your kids to come to Jesus and live a Christian life. I've heard parents over and over and over say that. I just want my kids before I die to come to Jesus. They're a mess now. Somebody's prayed that way for you. And if you don't think they have, let me just tell you, I pray that for you. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to pray right now for you. Dear Heavenly Father, this message has been about you and about our personal relationship that we can have with you. We can have God's best. Lord, that we might have your best. Let us get excited once again for those old Christians that have gotten kind of stale. May we get excited once again about serving you, about following you, about surrendering. Why? Because we want your best. This whole life stinks. I want your best. How hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. With man it is impossible. With God... All things are possible. I pray for a miracle this day for these people, for us as a whole, that you will change lives, that you will direct paths, Lord, that you will love us just like this. you love this man here. You loved him. Do a good work, Lord. I ask and I pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Michael, I'm going to ask you to finish up. Thank you, Billy. Let's give Billy our gratitude for bringing the word today. You know, Billy, what you said at the end about him coming back, I have to think maybe he did. There is a, a tradition. It's not out of the word, but it's, it's a tradition from the early church that this man did come back. He did give it all. His name was Joseph, but he received a new name. They began to call him a name that meant the son of encouragement, and that name was Barnabas. Some folks think that was Barnabas. We can't prove it, but it just goes to show you whatever you're not, 
Whatever you're holding on to that you should let go of, let go of it and watch what God could do. Thank you, Billy. Thank you so much. And thank you all for being here today. Uh, remember the things coming up. If you want to be a part of baptism, I need to hear from you this week because we need to make some plans and, and get in on that, okay? And if you have kids and you want them to be a part of the Christmas program this year, be sure to come see Tara. All right. God bless you guys. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed day. We'll pray for you. You pray for us, okay? Take care.